Hello, dear friends. Once again, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're glad that you've joined us today. We welcome you to this time of teaching, studying the Word of God. Because if it gets down into our heart, it has to enter through our mind. But if it gets down into our heart as we open our heart to receive it. And you say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, you simply have a teachable spirit. You have a trainable mind. You want to understand and appropriate what God has said in His Word to you and to me. And I believe we have important instructions for people who are living in the end time, the time that is called the perilous time, the time and conditions of the world, and just before the coming of Jesus Christ. Not only His coming for His bride called the catching away, but His coming uh, to stand upon this earth once again as King of kings and Lord of lords. It also means that the tribulation period that the Bible has spoken of so clearly uh, throughout the Bible before the book of Revelation was was uh, written, this time was prophesied, and it is it is quickly, quickly approaching. I believe that with all of my heart. So I want to go to God's instructions in His Word, Christ's own Word to us and the words of the apostles that would give us clear and concise instructions of how to live effectively and victoriously and live with holy anticipation instead of getting depressed and distracted in these last closing hours of human history. Hallelujah. I tell you, I'm getting excited about the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And I want to be about my father's business. We just celebrated recently at our church 43 years where I have been the senior pastor and my 70th birthday. And uh, it was a double celebration. And we're looking back over those years and what God has done and what he has accomplished. And we are still excited. We still have a vision. The devil wishes we didn't, but he can wish all he wants. It's not going to wish away the fact that God's power and presence is is moving in hearts and lives like never before. And I believe God is going to quicken your spirit today by His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus today, would you be our special guest? Are you interested in end-time events and end-time signs? Uh, do you understand? Do you feel? And I believe everybody's feeling this, sensing that the world is not going to go on like it is much longer. Something big is about to occur. Hallelujah. Before we self-destruct, amen, Jesus is coming. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles today, we're going to be talking about living effectively in the perilous times. We're going to be talking about the upstream Christian 
in a downstream world. Hallelujah. The upstream Christian in a downstream world. Can we live an overcoming, victorious Christian life that becomes a testimony to the greatness and the grace and goodness of our God in the midst of a fallen world, in the midst of a faulty body? Can we live the life that Christ has called us to live in this culture. Uh, we would have to be counterculture, no doubt about it. You know, there was a song back in back in the day. <laughs> a lot of my references now that I'm 70 are back in the day. But there was a song uh, I recall, Against the Wind, I'm Running Against the Wind. I'm older now, but I'm still running against the the wind. Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. <laughs> and you younger people, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But the reason I mention that is because I'm older now as a Christian, but I'm still running against the wind. It's always going to be against the wind. If you choose to follow Christ, you will be walking uh, and living and running a, a, a counterculture life with a different value system than the world about you. Amen. But you will not be running alone. You will be running with the help and the provision of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm more committed to running against the wind now than I have ever been. So I want to encourage you today uh, that Jesus didn't only teach a way to life, e eternal, but a way of life until we go home or he comes. So Titus 2, 11 and 12 is all about an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Listen to what these these two verses of Scripture admonish us and instruct us in today. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Praise God. Amen. In this fallen world, in these last of the last days, in this perilous time, this world as it is right now, we are to live soberly, we are to live righteously, and we are to live godly. This is living right. We, we as born-again believers possess positional righteousness obtained by faith through the blood of Jesus. However, this is by no means uh, relieves us of the responsibility to practice righteousness in our Christian walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it begins by living soberly. Soberly. You know, we're in a day of hyper-grace is a term given to the preaching of grace that if you do anything, anything else other than believe on Jesus, you're adding works to salvation. Well, that's, that's not true. We, we, we're created under good works by grace. You are saved by faith. It is the gift of God, not of works. You can't earn it with any work. But when you receive it, 
we are created, the next verse says, unto good works. There's supposed to be fruit or evidence, (laughs) amen, that salvation has occurred and a change has to be evidenced in our life. The scripture is very clear. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. And because of that mighty change, the Bible says that we're translated out of the powers of darkness, the influence of the evil one, and we're translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. That's where Jesus is the Lord of your life. Kingdom is not a mystical term. It's not even a, 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 a intrinsically... Uh, in, a spiritual term, I don't believe. It means the rule and the domain of a king. It's where a king reigns in undisputed authority and rule. Hallelujah. And that's why when we pray in the pattern prayer that Christ taught us to pray, we are to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And of course, his kingdom is coming. There's a day coming when Jesus will rule with a rod of iron. But he doesn't rule us with a rod of iron because we bow to him. Hallelujah. He's our Lord. He's our Adonai. He's our Lord and Savior. And today, in hyper grace, if you try to live for Jesus, to express your love for Jesus, uh, many are calling it legalism. No, it isn't. It's the it's the proper requisite reaction to grace and the free gift of salvation. This grace that brings salvation, according to Titus, hath appeared to all men, and it teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live. This is not earning it. This is expression appreciation for it. Hallelujah. There's a joy in this. This is not a job we do to earn something. This is our joy to say thank you for the unspeakable gift of Jesus on the cross in our behalf. Oh, how I want to deny myself that I might take up my cross and follow him because he is worthy of that kind of deep devotion. Hallelujah. I'm not earning salvation. I am expressing thanksgiving for salvation by living soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. This is simply living right as born-again believers. You know, the Bible said that we become the light of this sin-darkened world. Ye are, Jesus taught, the light of the world. And no man lights a light and puts it under a bushel, but lifts it high that all may see. And the Bible said that men would see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. So it all begins with taking our Christian life seriously. This word soberly has to do with ourself. And it simply means sound mind, moderate from the root word meaning self-control, temperate, moderate as to opinion or passion. Listen to what it says in First Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober. 
starts out, if you want to overcome the tempter, if you want to overcome the devil, amen, it begins with being sober. Be sober and then be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Now, when it says here to to be sober and vigilant, you're not looking for the devil. (laughs) This is not looking for the devil, where he might be and how he may be operating against you. This is looking to your own lust, your own desires, your own areas of vulnerability. This is a self-watch. Because the Bible said, let no man in the book of James say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. Listen to that. Every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. That's why living soberly is so vitally important to overcoming the devil as the tempter. Because the Bible went on to say, And lust when it's conceived bringeth forth sin, and sin when it's finished bringeth forth death. The devil just coming in to do bad things to you is not what this is talking about. It's talking about our own weak flesh giving in to it, allowing it to, to, to go unrestrained as the influence in our life. There's supposed to be a change within that begins to work its way without. That's what it means when it says to work out your own salvation. <laughs> Amen. That means to live it out in our life. You can't earn it with works, but works absolutely follow that change, that God encounter where forgiveness occurs, repentance has has taken place, and now the devil loses control over you, and the flesh should have no control over us. We'll have a battle with it, but this is a good fight. Hallelujah. And this is a winnable battle where we can and we must overcome. And it all begins with spiritual sobriety. Listen to what it says. Be sober. Be vigilant. That means watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. That's exactly what this is all about because the enemy is going to appeal to those areas of our life that are not fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And because of that vulnerability, uh, many have, have fallen into temptation and given in to temptation to be tempted is not a sin. It's when we give in to temptation that leads to sin. So it begins with living soberly, a sound mind, moderate from the root meaning, self-controlled, temperate, moderate as to opinion or passion. That's why the Apostle Paul said, God did not give you, Timothy, the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. See, this word for sound here has to do with this spiritual sobriety. This sound mind means simply a disciplined mind, 
a mind that can can be controlled by this new spiritual will within us this this quickened spirit of God within us and our spirit made alive by his spirit hallelujah so that our mind cannot just run the way of our fleshly desires, but it runs the way of God's will and God's purposes. And it begins with being sober and having a healthy self-watch. A sound mind means a disciplined mind. That's why the Bible said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. It also says, be renewed. Don't let the world press you into its mold. Amen. But, but be, and, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Hallelujah. Offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service or true spiritual worship. And be no more conformed to the world. That means don't let the world. Actually, it's like Play-Doh. You could make any kind of mold you wanted and take that Play-Doh and push it into it. You could you could put it into a star mold. You could put it into a bird mold. You could put it into any mold that you want. And the world wants to mold you and fashion you after a fallen world and and after all of those sinful uh, desires and after all the sinful things that it offers you. It wants to press you. It wants to cause your values to match the values of blind men and women who have never seen the glorious light of the gospel, never seen Jesus as he truly is. It wants to press you into its way of thinking, press you into its value system until you think like it. And if you think like it, you're going to start acting like it. And that's not the purpose of grace is to allow us to just become like the devil or like the world. But this grace has been given us so that we could begin to live in diametrically different from the values of this old world that is fallen and is blinded living right before the Lord. Amen. That's why First Peter 4, 7 says, But the end of all things are at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5 and 6 says, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We must be awake and aware in this time that we're living. That is become spiritually and mentally aware that there is a race to run, a battle to fight, and a foe to defeat. <laughs> Amen. And it all begins with living soberly in this present world. Praise God. First Peter 1 and verse 13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, 
But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. This conversation is not only your words. It is your behavior. It is your and my lifestyle. God wants you and me today to live an overcoming life, thereby a holy life. This is all about being sober and being vigilant and to begin it in this present world. Hallelujah. Let me read a scripture to you in the book of Luke, chapter 21, red letter, words of Christ. And it says in Luke 21, verse 34, 35, and 36, this is why this sobriety, this spiritual sobriety and mental sobriety is so vitally important. It said, and take heed to yourself. This is a healthy self-watch, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare it shall come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Let's go back up just a little bit and and read about some of those things that are going to come to pass. Verse 25 said, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking at the things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then they shall see. This is the second coming, not the secret coming, not the catching away, not the rapture. This is when he comes and every eye will see him. At the, at the end of the tribulation period. Listen to this carefully. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. I believe we're seeing these things coming. They're not here yet, but they are on the horizon. And I believe it's time to look up and lift up our heads. So that's why verse 34, he begins to say, take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts as Christians, as followers of Jesus, be overcharged with surfeiting. That simply means overeating. It just means letting the flesh run free and have the full influence in our life. Surfeiting and drunkenness. That, and this is, you may not touch a dram. You may not touch an ounce of alcohol, but you can be inebriated by the things of the world to the point that you are are unconscious of the presence of God, the purpose of God for your life, the soon coming of Jesus Christ, the cares of this life. That's just the responsibilities that we cannot escape. But be careful 
when we're fulfilling all of our responsibilities that we forget that we are to be sober. We are to live soberly in this world because His coming will be as a snare on all them that dwell upon the earth. I want to read another scripture that that goes along with that. Listen to this in St. Luke chapter 18, verse 26 through 30. Jesus said, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage. Listen, none of this is sin in and of itself. We have to eat, we have to drink, but we don't have to to, to let the flesh just eat until we make ourselves sick and throw up. They drank. We don't have to become drunk with the cares of this life. They married wives. God has ordained marriage. There's no sin in married wives. They were given in marriage until the day. You see, the thing was, they were living their life, fulfilling all the desires of their flesh with no concern about God, no concern about His will, His commands, they, they, they left God out of that whole equation. And the Bible said they did all of this until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. It was business as usual. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day that the Son of Man is revealed. That's why we are to live soberly. We're not to get caught up in all of the things of this world to the degree uh, that we forget Christ is coming soon. It's appointed unto man once to die. (laughs) And after this, the judgment. We as Christians are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. and We're going to give an account of what we did and what we did not do here upon this earth. And God is calling us to be upstream Christians in a downstream world to, to still run the race and run it against the wind. Hallelujah. He will empower us. He has went before us. Praise God. And he's calling to us to follow him. He's blazed the way. He's overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil in our behalf. And he's given us power and authority. Hallelujah. And it's time, my dear friend, to rise up and stand up and begin to live that life that is a life representative of another king and another kingdom. We're not of our father, the devil, as we were. We're of our father, the redeemer. We're of our father, God. We're we're of our savior, Jesus Christ. And he's calling you and me today. Like I said, I'm 70 years old, but I am totally committed to running this race. I can't run (laughs) physically like I used to run, Uh, but I can, in my spirit, 
I am no ways tired. I am not looking back like Lot's wife. In fact, I'm looking forward. Hallelujah. If Jesus tarries much longer, I will get my call to go to him. One way or the other, I can see the finish line. And I can look back over a life that has been lived for him. I have fallen down, but I've never stayed down. Because Jesus has always lifted me up. And he has also encouraged me to run the race that is set before me. And to run it with patience, that word means perseverance in that context. To not quit, not give up. <laughs> Amen. One preacher of old said, I'd rather limp in the way uh, than to give up and sit down out of the way. Oh, friend, we don't have to, we don't have to be, uh, sidelined at this critical time. Uh, we don't even have to limp in the way. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit comes as we're to uh, let Him work through us to one another. Lift up the hands that hang down and strengthen the feeble knee. That's what I'm trying to do today through the Word of God. Let's take our Christian life seriously so that we might live soberly in this present world and be an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Hallelujah. Amen. And live in holy anticipation of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Him today as your Savior and you have resisted accepting Him as your Lord, it's high time. The time is short, and I pray today that you will quit running from Him, but that you'll run to Him, repent of your sins, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, be ready for His coming, and then that you will run for Him. Hallelujah. Join the race with us, and let's finish it, and give glory and honor to the God who loved us, and sent his son to save us. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week? And let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>